0: Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing RebelCast. My name is Alin Bailey, and alongside me on this journey into the talent acquisition and recruitment marketing universe is my friend and favorite partner in crime, Tracy Parsons. We've been getting together and talking and debating the world of TA for what seems like forever. And after a few too many cocktails, we thought, what the heck, let's hit record. And that, my friends, is how we ended up here, sharing our thoughts with you in hopes you'll find it equal parts fun, interesting, and a teeny bit inspiring. We don't sugarcoat the issues, we address them head on. So let's get this party started. Good morning, Tracy. How are you today? Good morning, Alin. I'm good. I'm really good. I'm doing Okay. I like to hear that I do I really do like to hear that you know i i I've been watching your your tweets and i've been watching um the, we've had a few conversations over the last uh, a couple of weeks. It sounds like you're you're finally over the starting to get into the back into into feeling like yourself again after that that covid sp- spout spring
1: yeah and, and it's getting better although I was I just noticed, so I, before COVID, like I'd run, one of the things that people don't might not know about me is I've run three marathons in my life. So I like to run. I like to work out. You wouldn't know it by looking at me all the time, but that's okay. And I, it's, it's really a mental health thing. Cause I love my snacks as much as I love my mental health. So I wasn't able to exercise during COVID because when I would exercise, even after I had beaten the fever, I would get another fever uh-huh. and that subsided in august right so i was really getting into it but then i started running this past week and my resting heart rate is now 10 beats a minute faster than it was two weeks ago so i'm just gonna call it i'm a long hauler i would love to get into a study so if any of our listeners know of any studies that are happening on long haulers please connect me but that's where we are lynn that's like literally where we are as a society so whether you've had it or not yep It feels like we are kind of all in the long haul now.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this whole idea that this is, I think it is coming to terms with the fact that the new normal is not just a new space that we're moving to, but it actually includes the scar tissue, right, of everything we've been through to get there and it weighs us down. You know, I have a, um, some people in the in the listening audience may know, some may not, but it's been a, a it's been a rough few months for me and, and for our family. We, you know, we had some loss in our family and uh, trying to navigate that. And um, I took a little respite for a while. And um, while I was on my little kind of away time to try and kind of get to that, what I thought was kind of be the new normal space, mm. uh, I had the opportunity to I spend some time with some dolphins. And so bear with me. I actually have a, a really interesting analogy. I've been thinking about this a lot <laughs> and about the, where this is going kind of for our new, for our new space. So did you know, I, I, I know a lot of people know this, but I mean, really think about this for a second. Did you know that dolphins, when they sleep, they actually only sleep with half their brain turned off. The other half of their brain is completely on and, and they sleep with one eye open when they're like, if you see them um, swimming and they're kind of doing this kind of natural kind of up-down and it's this very normal kind of cadence, it's most mm-hmm. likely that they're sleeping. But they keep this one eye open to kind of just, you know, It's uh, the difference is with humans, when we breathe, it's an involuntary motion. So breathing just kind of happens. If we sleep, we breathe. If we're awake, we breathe. And breathing is this involuntary motion. But because dolphins breathe out of this hole on the top of their head, right? If they breathe mm-hmm. involuntarily, they could literally drown themselves. Sure. They have to sleep with half of their brain on so that they can breathe out of the, the spout when they come out of the air or out of the water into the air. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about what you were telling me about kind of finally getting back into the rhythm, but it's still not like there there isn't like this place where you can say this is over and now I'm into this. As I was thinking for many of us, whether we've had COVID or we've had something happen in our lives, we've had to deal with the economic challenges, any of these things that are going on, whether it's us or our businesses or et cetera, we've really been living in this space where we've been functioning with half of our brain shut off, right? Like in order to survive, we've had to, because it's such a long process, and so much stress and anxiety and pressure on a constant basis that you end up having to shut off half of your bread. But because because you have to make some involuntary, you know, some, some involuntary or some voluntary breaths, right? Like keep the engine running. You've had like half your brain on. And our new normal may be a state where we're always never able to shut the whole brain off. And what is that going to mean? And what does that mean to companies? right? The companies that we work for, where they are, there's no opportunity to really take that breath and to take it, you know, kind of step back for a second and realign and readjust and then go to a new normal and a new state, right? That constant, that iterative change process. I mean, we talked, we've been talking for years about the fact that change is constant and will always be happening. But in reality, that's a whole, that's, that's a lot, to absorb and to manage. And how do we in the recruitment marketing space navigate and manage that, right? Because it means that there's no point at which we can let our guard down and say, oh, I finished that piece or I've gotten that awareness out and there isn't the next thing coming at us.
1: So it is, I mean, that is a fascinating analogy. And I did not know that about dolphins. And I am equal parts, that would be terrible. And I want that. I would love it if I could keep half of my brain on and going while I'm sleeping, but I love sleeping like more than normal human people do. That is just so fascinating. And you're right, Elaine, like we are in this, we are in this space that is really, truly unique. And I am finding myself lately very triggered by people like, oh, well, when this is over and I would just, I've been known to yell at them, it's not going to be over. There's no over. Right. Like, if you think about, to your point, the scar tissue that we've all been building over this le- epic level of uncertainty and, and don't get me wrong. Change is constant, but there are certain things that we all have accepted as this is the way things work. For example, schools, right? Like, I right. use this example a lot. Like, do you ever imagine, a t- remember a time when you were sitting in your home in August going, I mean, are we going to have school next month? Right. That's never happened, right? So when we talk about change being constant, it's not on the scale that any of us have ever assumed to be part of our reality.
0: Right. There's no, so there's no ability because this level of change is so dramatic. I guess dramatic is the best way I can put it. So overwhelming or so large or different in its like, in its execution There's no way to go into full rest. You have to keep half your brain operating. Again, like you said, I mean, you you talked about sitting here in August and wondering if the school is going to be open. I'm sitting here in December wondering what's yeah. going to happen next week right this is this is the new space it's not there isn't like a cadence where like a, like in the fall we think about school in the winter we think about the holidays and our families and in the spring we think mm-hmm. about updating our homes and and working on our gardens and right that it's
1: changed the natural cadence of our lives Right. And to the to the point where this weekend was get a Christmas tree weekend. Yeah. Guess who didn't get a Christmas tree? Right. There weren't trees. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I even asked the guy, I was like, what's the deal? And he was like, well, I mean, it's been really hard because the trees are really small this year. And that is I'm like, did the trees get COVID? Like what? Literally, when I went at Christmas tree day in my house is a big stinking deal. Right. So yesterday was Christmas tree day and we all came home and I might end up ordering a pink sparkly tree. Right. The, okay. That's so that's so, so funny. unpredictable. You just the said world that Tracy. Oh, my God.
0: That is so funny that you just said that. Do you know what I did last night? Did you buy a
1: pink sparkly tree from Wayfair? Because that's what I'm doing. Dude, literally, that's what I did. <laughs>
0: I was like, I cannot handle going and getting the six foot Christmas tree because uh, we have an artificial one out of the garage and doing the whole decoration thing. And It's just too much like psychologically I need it. I can't pretend this is normal, right? Like I can't. So, but I feel like I want something Christmassy. And I thought, okay, I've got kind of this, <laughs> I convinced myself, I've got a uh-huh. kind of mid-century vibe going on in the house. I could get like a little forfeit pre-lit pink Christmas tree. And I would feel like I was doing something. I literally got online at 2 a.m. this morning on Wayfair, bought myself Uh my pink tree lit Christmas tree. I'm so excited for it because I've always wanted to pick. And you know what it is? We're in that state right now where we can have it. It's it's not all bad. It's just so dramatically different. There isn't a... Let me go pick up what I did before and do it the same way. Or just let me go pick up what I did before and alter it slightly because of the circumstances around us. This is like potato famine sorts of changes. It's not going to be over. Right. You know, this is like 2 million people emigrating from one location to another. This is companies completely shifting their business model. This is complete instability on knowing who it is that you need to go And talk to in order to get a decision made to get an approval to run an ad campaign. Mm -hmm. Every single decision isn't, it is a starting from scratch place every single day. And I think that has huge impact in a business area like we have, where we are so reliant on helping people feel comfortable. I mean, the, the, the root of, of advertising and recruitment marketing really is, has a very advertising root to it, right? Mm-hmm. The root of advertising is making people feel comfortable and
1: like they need or want something. But I don't mm-hmm. know what to tell them to want anymore. Correct. Companies, all of my customers are struggling with messaging because what we had six months ago, what we had a year ago, let's go with a year ago it's not even relevant. Like, and it's, it, first of all, it's not relevant. Second of all, it's not believable. And third of all, it's just kind of off-putting.
0: Absolutely. And I know that we've been talking about this role, but I think this is such a big time. I don't think people are talking about this. No. Um, and I'm watching, I'm wa- I mean, listen, I read everything I get my hands on. I see every tweet. I am trying to read every article that's out there. I'm looking at every thought leader that's talking in this space. And everybody keeps talking about how to adapt to the quote unquote new normal. But nobody's mm-hmm. talking about the real root problem, which is in the recruitment marketing space in particular, but recruitment space as well. If no one knows what the new normal is, you can't sell it. And I'm going to go with there is no normal again. That's right. So then what? what, what right. does that? How do we even approach our day-to-day execution or our planning or our
1: strategy around this? Right. Well, and that's that. So that's the interesting thing, because one of the things that my company has been doing for, I don't know, 12 years is the development of long term marketing strategy for companies, brand right. strategy, recruitment, marketing, social, you name it. We do long term planning uh-huh. for organizations. Alyn, in the last month, we have thrown that completely offering out the window. Right. Because I can't tell you what it's going to be like next month, let alone three months from now, let alone two years from now. It was an exercise in folly. And what we're starting to see and what my customers are starting to really get benefit from is a completely, like, if you look at agile development, agile software development, it's the same kind of thing. We've got to start working on our messaging in sprints, just like software developers do. And everything needs to be tested, right? So we might have a theory, because you and I have talked about this theory of A, How is your company shown up for talent this year? And B, how can we bring everything down the Maslow hierarchy of needs pyramid to talk to the actual anxieties of candidates? Right. And and what's the right tone in all of that? We have to test it. Correct. So you do these in little sprints, right? So that's what we've been doing with our customers, like two week sprints, right? Okay, we're going to test this thing. This didn't work, dial this up, dial this back. It's no longer sit in two weeks of discovery, sit in epic number of focus groups, interview the leaders. It's not, it has nothing to do with that. It's now it's about social listening. It's about the pulse of the candidates, about the voice of the candidates, about where they are mentally and how do we address what we could, what we're doing that may resonate with them. And to your point, and I think you were the person that I first heard say this, I hate to tell you that recruitment marketing and employer brand is never done. There's no finish line. It's not ever done. And this COVID has been a very, very good cementing of that concept. But even more rapidly, right? It's never done because it's never done. There's a decision in your company being made right now that's going to impact your ta- your talent.
0: So this is so what you know, Tracy. I, I feel like we've you just hit on something that is uh, really thought provoking, and we need to take a, a beat, all of us. I mean, I'm thinking of my listeners as well as me because I'm like hmm, and think about that and what that really means to transition our recruitment marketing uh, mode of operation. To one that is really framed around the idea of agility and agile sprints and kind of really thinking about the same sort of seismic shift in um, how we operate and make decisions and execute and test and iterate, that is a very big shift yeah. in how we have thought about um, marketing and marketing execution. This is it's interesting because um, if I think about one of the biggest challenges that we've had, in working with corporate marketing teams and trying to find that balance is that we've always thought of ourselves in the recruitment marketing space as needing to move faster and quicker. I think this only escalates the speed at which we need to operate. As much as we think we have been the faster of the the entities who are working on marketing in the the corporate space, I bet you anything we are nowhere near as fast and as agile as we really need to be. I wonder how many people out there, I'd love to get their feedback, how many people out there are working, for example, on building pipeline automation, right, or nurturing automation structures? If you're working on the same, based on your premise, right, I would say, Tracy, if you're working on the same even cadence and touchpoint mapping that you were working on a month ago, you're probably out of date already. How do we move that quickly in a world where half our brain is shut off just to uh, survive? This is interesting.
1: I don't know. I don't either, but we're we're managing to pull it together. Like, and is it perfect? Oh, my God, it's not even close to perfect. Mistakes are being made. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's, but that's, but see, this is, that's okay. This is the key piece that people have trouble
0: with agile software development and, and in agile, true agile work. Right. Is that the essence of it is, is that mistakes are supposed to be made. Like uh, I remember having this conversation um, when I was on the IT side of the fence for a while, trying to institute agile work and and, um, getting corporate entities to feel comfortable with the fact that the whole point was to put out a product that had flaws in it. You knew it had flaws in it. The whole point was to put it out so you could uncover those flaws as quickly as possible and iterate and make change to them as quickly as possible rather than trying to
1: make it perfect before you launched it and then it was already out of date. Exactly. Not only is it already out of date, but it's be, it's it's not what your audience needs because it's out of date, but because we are in such a moment right now of seriously, Alin. Mm -hmm. The anxiety that the average person is experiencing on a daily basis is unbearable. Yeah. It's so big. And if you multiply that by having to be out of work, and if you multiply that with, I don't know when I'm going to get to go back to work because my children are at home. And if I do go back to work and my children are at home what the F do I do with that? This is not going to change anytime soon. So I think about this in in a couple different contexts. One context, I grew up very distrustful of corporations because my dad worked for a very large corporation. And when the economy tanked a long, long time ago, he was unsure if he was going to have a job, despite the fact that like, he he kept his job. But there was this low level anxiety that my father was experiencing about his job because of the economic situation. Yep, That stuck with me. That stuck with me my whole life because I felt like, gosh, there was this thing in the world that I couldn't trust. I'm a grown ass woman. (laughs) I still feel that way in some respects. I'm like, you know, why are we laying people off and then talking about hiring freezes when we're still hiring people? And, and I take that, I take a little bit of a jaded lens to my work because we have to do better for the humans. Yeah. And so our humans right now are going to carry this for a very long time
0: well well, right so this is so as as the scar tissue that is just part of Mm -hmm. this evolution that we've gone through and and the and i think this is important for us to get our heads around because what this means is is that it's not about us waiting it out until we get to the other side and things go back to normal or some version of normal starts to exist whatever happens the scar tissue will continue to go with us So I think what we're trying to say is what you have to be doing in the interim, if you wanna be successful on whatever this other side is, is find a way to live in the moment that we're in now and find the tone, the messaging, test it, iterate it and evolve it with people rather than wait for them to land someplace and then message to them. Like, so if we're doing that, it really requires us to have good messaging, testing methodology, and stuff in place. How do you do that today? I know on our our end, we do a lot of it using our career site and and using doing A/B testing on um, all sorts of things, and that's been built into the way in which we execute our career site. For example, um, our some of our content and and but particularly kind of a navigation, et cetera. Maybe we need to to elevate that. But how about like? In a recruitment marketing campaign, how how are you telling your customers to A
1: B test? So we're doing it in a couple different ways. One of the I'm a big believer in social media is the great equalizer of the audience. You're gonna because you can put out so much content in a given week. And even if you have crap algorithms with the social media channels, you're still gonna get exposure to anywhere between 200 and 200,000 people, how they engage and interact with that content, that snackable piece. There's a nugget in there of that piece of content that you put on Facebook or Twitter on LinkedIn that your company is putting out there that that's the hook, right? That's your, that's your pillar. That's your core nugget. That's your kernel. And you can test this on social media. By looking at who's engaging with it. And if you're seeing something that gets more shares, more likes, really, you want shares and comments, likes are just, that's the lowest bar. And I, (laughs) the reason that I say it's the lowest bar, if you think about it, it's literally moving one muscle. Well, so I'm just saying clicking that little button is whatever. That That is not a thing, right? Right. So again, if if it got you 6,000 likes, maybe you want to pay attention to that. But, and there's research out there that tells you what an average, engagement rate is. But if you see one of your pieces of messages, and this is what I do with my customers, we we write all our test messages for social. We see what sticks. The winning message then gets put into email. If it still sticks, the winning message then gets put into the website. So
0: would I be correct in translating that, Tracy, to say that you start with the easiest to execute Yep. And and lowest hanging kind or that kind of lowest living, most transient content. Yes. So transient channel first. And then you move it up to and evolve it into your most static location. Right, you're right, oh, right your, your career site is hardest to change right it, it, yes. all of us know it's the most static location so this is interesting because I think a lot of people actually go the opposite direction because there's this right. anxiety that um is social because social and even email are so the dynamic ability for people to share and to proliferate your message is actually scary like they want their
1: message <laughs> so well right they want their That's message control so issues. Well, Right, but you're, you're trying to control your message when your audience is who should be feeding back on that message, oh, which is why social is where you start, right? And it's where I've always started. This is interesting, but I would tell you, I am i don't know, but my guess would be, I would
0: love people to respond to this one. My guess would be many people go the opposite direction because the anxiety would be the the more portable the message is, the more ability for shares and views to happen on. And I want it as perfect as possible because I am afraid the image that it will leave on my company. And so uh-huh. the more conservative I am as a company, the least likely I am to engage in that dynamic sort of messaging. And and that's what's hurting them, right? So that's a great example of switching from an agile, from a, what we would call kind of a a, a hierarchical sort of management of our messaging and of our work to a more agile way of looking at it. Agile just doesn't mean test it and do it fast. It means test it with the right audience, being not
1: afraid. You have to reduce your level of fear in order to move forward. Oh, 100%. Like, I tell people this all the time when I, when I talk to new potential customers. Like, you have to be kind of ballsy to work with our team. Like, there's, there's a bravery that comes with, with working with us, it's just a fact. uh, because we're going to tell you to do things that make you very uncomfortable, but they work. I was running a report for a customer last week and I think I tweeted about it or something. And I was like, you know what, when you're 8X industry average on conversions, that's a good day. That feels good. And you can take that back to your customer and they can go back to their their leadership and say, hey, the things that we're doing over here that made you all really uncomfortable, they totally worked. I, I, it's so funny. You know
0: where I'm pausing? It's, uh, you know, for somebody who is as invested in the strategy as I am, and I'm right there with you, Tracy, living in a um, in a very... Corporate world and and the way in which decisions get made, my mind is immediately that half of my brain that's functioning, <laughs> that's awake, is sensing danger. And I and and if I'm feeling that, I can't even imagine how um, some of my peers are feeling about that that message that you're sending out there, right? So, oh yeah, you've got it. This is not going to be a oh let's try it sort of a moment. We're going to have to be very purposeful about how we work through. Our own angst and anxiety, our previous scar tissues before this even started of, you know, yes, the, the legal team coming in, bashing us over the head or whatever happened. <laughs> and getting to the, yes. Getting to that next place. But this is, it's, it's interesting. It's funny. I, I am, I'm, I am, uh, I'm struggling with what mm-hmm. you're saying. Cause I think you're absolutely right. And then but I'm it's like, terrifying. And then I'm thinking about going and sharing that with my teams and thinking, Oh my God, I don't even know how I stand behind that yet
1: but we've oh, got to get there. I totally understand. Like, the, and this is, this is the thing, right? And Lynn, mm-hmm. if you are going to stomp on the status quo and you are going to, and, and you are going to ignite a rebellion, it's going to be terrifying.
0: And think about this. When <sighs> if those of us who are in the recruitment marketing space, you are at, af- we are asking, cause I, I will say I'm asking with you, us to think about how to stomp on the status quo and and move ourselves to a, to a bright new future. But to do mm-hmm. that, we're asking the same group of people who are, we are in the midst of this as well. We are gun shy and scared and half asleep and stressed out. And the idea of pushing forward into something new may be completely overwhelming. But we've got to, I think, I would say, particularly in the talent acquisition space, we as recruitment marketers, in particular, have to take the lead in in starting to move us to that next place. We have to figure out how to wake the other half of ourselves up and move ahead of everybody else because we'll bring everybody along with us. That's always been the case, but it's absolutely it, lift you while you climb,
1: right? I think Minda Harts Minda Hartz tweeted something about lifting while you climb. I love that idea. Yeah, right. And and we are we are absolutely in a position to lift while we climb. Absolutely. Scary as all hell. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If you get a good harness, yeah. <laughs> make sure you have the proper safety equipment, get your water wings out. That's right. You got to get in the water. You got to get in the water with the dolphins or you got to get up on that climbing wall and You That's gotta right. lift while you climb. But again, and what I'm talking about, I totally agree with you is terrifying to a ton of enterprise customers. Like, there is no way in God's green earth some brands would ever engage in what I'm talking about.
0: But but here's the deal. And I and today. I today today and I agree with you. Um, as an enterprise customer. so I, I completely agree with you. What I think we have to do though is ask ourselves why, why mm-hmm. are we afraid? Yes. And then allow ourselves some grace. And to say, okay, in my world, I have a legitimate reason to be afraid. So the minimum amount that I can dip my toe into this and move, like, like the minimum forward progress I can make here and still make forward progress. What does that look like? And can I get myself to do that? Like, we we love that, particularly in the in in the corporate space and the enterprise space. Right? We're long-term planners, right? I know this is a um, And we're not only asking not to be long-term planners, we're asking to be agile. And now we're asking you not to have a long-term plan for your agile plan. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. right? And well, just, yeah, you're taking away my harness. Get yes, your harness. I'm like what harness are you talking about?
1: You know, my the, water wings, all of my safety equipment.
0: Unfortunately, I think you have to do that if you're going to survive on the other side. And that's, is all crap. It, it is a, it is a leap of faith in yourself for all of us and a leap in faith in our teams and in our companies to say, I, I trust enough that you're going to allow us to do this, but we have to get there um, or we're not going to be able to move forward. And like you said, a good example. I, lo- I love your example. Um, when you are talking about kind of starting to work out and to do that and et cetera, and then realizing even when you're sleeping, you're having your heart rate still unnormally high and there's something going on Mm -hmm. there and it's right. It's that long hauler syndrome throughout the component. We need to realize that even if we start to exercise small muscles in this space of coming back to life and starting to work in this agile piece, we don't know what the impact of that is going to be. And that's okay. Nobody does. No. And it's, it's for us to discover. Right. I don't remember. I years ago we talked about this. I had told you I read this book. It was the most fascinating book I had read. It was on the guy who um, uh, did the did the trip through the Antarctic. And it was a it's a very interesting story because it talks about basically these two expeditions, and um, it's a their true life stories. But they talk about how, why one expedition quit and went back and failed, and the other expedition went forward yet with huge trauma. And was considered successful. <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating story, but it talked. One of the key pieces that it talked about was how the leader finally realized that even if he didn't know where the end was or how to get people off of this iceberg they were stuck on, and kind of in where the end story was and where where help was going to come out, he realized very quickly that if he didn't give the, his people a small something that that could be successful to work towards that all chaos would start to happen. And I think that's part of what this is about. We are these expeditioners. We're out there on the front end of this in the talent acquisition space and recruitment marketing. And we have to find, even if we don't know what the exact output's going to be, we have to find a small iterative horizon step to move people towards and to let them feel like they're moving forward in something, or all chaos is going to continue to to erupt.
1: 100%. Right? Small attainable wins. As uh, we were, as we were saying, as we were saying in our pre-conversation, that's right. I just, we all just need a little win right now, right? Just a little win. Just get a little win. Just a little win. It doesn't have to be a big win. Just a little win. Just a little win. A tiny little win. That's
0: right. That's right. Small things as we go into each of these pieces, small things like, you know what? Suck it up. Go. I'm telling you, Tracy, best feeling in the world. Go buy your pink tree. (laughs) <laughs> this is the year. This is the year of the pink Christmas tree. I'm hoping everybody's going along with us. Um, yeah, come, come along and just go crazy. Allow yourself yeah. to go crazy. What could possibly what all the stuff that's restrained us in the past doesn't really exist anymore. We're, we kept these boundaries in place based on um, the old state of things. We're not returning to that old state with a few iterations. It's a whole new world that's going
1: to happen. So what is well, that look it like it is? And today I'll be printing a Christmas card that says wishing you and your family an okay holiday because that's how low the bar is. That's right. I love it. So I hope it's okay. Hope nothing It's tries. okay. It'll be good. I hope it's okay. I hope yep. it continues to be okay. Okay is a really good bar right now. That's right. How was your day? It was okay. okay. Holy shit, that's a good ass day. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, thank
0: you, Tracy, as always. I love these conversations. I hope others find um, them interesting. If nothing, else a little bit humorous. Right. Pink trees. <laughs> I I think that there's something really interesting in the conversation we had today about getting to an what's the difference between a new normal and moving into an agile framework. And I think this there's something there to chew on for everybody. I'd love to hear their feedback. They can reach us at Lynn Bailey or at T Parsons on the Twitter. You can also um, tweet us on our podcast Twitter account at our RebelCast. Um, we would love to hear from you. And I'm looking forward to us continuing this evolution of conversation about where the world is taking us. I think this um, the world needs more real talk and less fake planning. So off we go. Off we go. <laughs> talk to you soon, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. Tracy and I feel privileged and blessed to be a part of your day and would love to have you reach out and tell us what's on your mind. You can reach us on Twitter, Adeline Bailey, and or at T. Parsons. Until next time, here's hoping you see a rainbow, have a good belly aching laugh, and find some joy in connecting and growing the world of TA and recruitment marketing. Talk to you soon.